Acts 11 and verse 26. Acts 11 and verse 26. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. And in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. That's not the theme uh, text, but it is a good place to begin in uh, pursuing Christ-likeness corporately or as a church. They were called Christians at Antioch for the first time. What is our nickname? as a church. If the world was to give us a name that we did not announce to them, they came among us, lived with us for a month, for a year, what nickname would they give us? Would we be called Christians or we will be called nominal? There is such a thing, Christians, will we be called hypocrites even, at the very worst, non-believers, what would they call us? Not what would we call ourselves, what would they call us? As we seek to walk in that theme this year, it is important that that basically is the summary of Christianity. That's who we are. We are men and women, boys and girls that are after Christ, that are to look like him, that are to pursue Christ, that our characterization must be Christians as it is. The party of Christ. These men that follow this individual, these women that follow this person, these boys and girls that follow this one. What is our nickname as Indola Baptist Church? Uh, I do want to believe that we do have one. We just need to ask people who observe us. Uh, maybe those who repeatedly pass along this road, we just need to ask them, what is this church? I think it's here. I probably said when I was in Indeke, uh, there was a, a church next door and it was given a nickname during those days there was a program called Egoli, the City of Gold. And this church was called the Egoli Church. And the reason is, that's what it demonstrated in their dress code. That what you saw in Egoli, you saw in this church. Maybe it would be called Kafuhumo because that's what we do. Maybe be called Broadway and the place next door. What is our nickname? The theme this year is calling us. If there is anything, if there must be any nickname that we must be called, surely let it be something essentially, fundamentally, at the very heart of it, an identity with Christ. 
It may be different names, it might be synonyms of Christianity, but let it be something to do with Christ. If it is not anything to do with Christ, we'll have fallen the Christian test and the biblical injunction. These men and women being observed by their enemies, not friends, by their enemies, we read of them and in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. Reflecting on this verse, probably God willing next Lord's Day as well, let's first observe or notice that they did not call themselves Christians. They did not call themselves Christians. They were called Christians by others, by opponents even. The group that is calling them Christians is not a friendly team. It is people that are actually doing this from a perspective of ridicule at the very worst of it, from the perspective of their being identified for prosecution, because it would be a crime if they so lift themselves up and competing with the political system that there is. Certainly in the time when Peter is writing, that's what is happening, to be a Christian is a crime, and so he says to the Christian, it's better to suffer as a Christian. Literally, it's okay to come into judgment by the systems that are as a Christian. Not to fall under the judgment of God because of not living a holy life. It's better that way. To suffer as a Christian, to be persecuted, it's in that context we read, and in Antioch the disciples were first called Christians. So please again notice, they were called Christians. They didn't call themselves. That's not to say they eventually did not embrace the name. By the time of the second century, this is the name that the church had begun to use with pride. But before that time, the Christians didn't call themselves this. But they realized, even though people realize it's ridicule, it's scornful, it's something to put us into danger, it's a good name. It's, it's like, I think one of my children doesn't like this. I say, yes, big brain. Uh, big mutual. That basically means the intelligent guy. Now, the first doesn't sound very pleasant. Nobody wants to be called big mutual. But when you realize what it means, then you may want to begin to use it with a sense of pride. A big mutual. Forever man on my one. That's how the Christians came to use the title. It was meant to ridicule them, but they realized, by the way, this describes who we are. We shouldn't be ashamed of it. They were first called Christians at Antioch. Notice in that text, they were corporately called Christians. The text does not read, some of them among them were called Christians. The text does not say, the leaders among them were called Christians. 
The passage does not say the women in that church were called Christians. Let's put it this way. That if you are to look at this church during that time, this group, here is their conclusion. When they ask the question, are these men and women prayerful? Are they doing something that Christ did? The answer was, yes, they are. Are they committed to the teachings of Christ? All of them. The answer was, yes, they are. Where do they love fellowship, this group? The answer was, yes, they are. What about observing the Lord's table? You go back to Acts. Yes, they do. Well, what about standing up for the gospel? Are they doing this? Yes, they are. Well, can we just call some among them Christians? No, we can't. They are all Christians. They were called Christians. Here is the question. Can we all be called We may have some that are holy, 90%, some 50. The categorization is simply this. Can we corporately? Can we as a local church? We, we call ourselves Ndola Baptist Church. That's good. If you want to be even more uh, old century and a little bit godly in the sense of uh, in brackets, you might say, we, we are, and forget about the gender language, we are a local church consisted of the brethren. We are believers. We, we are saints. We are the holy ones. We, we are the priests. That's what we may call ourselves. What will those who hate us call us? Corporately. Will they, even when they hate us, that at the end of the day they must say, because of how we live, what we say, what we do, how we relate, the things we stand for, will they be able to say they are Christians? Here are some of the things that we measure in sometimes. When a young lady is about to get married, and you ask the question, is the young man who is going to marry you a Christian? They are not impressed. They look at you, see, this, this is the problem with you elders. Just, you know, this is evangelism. No, it's not. At that point, will you identify yourself as a Christian? Will you stand for what is true? When you go to the kitchen party and everybody is doing a dance, that suggests one thing and one thing only. Is that what you do as a Christian? Will you stand up in that context that they will be able to say, this group from Undola Baptist Church, they will not only come to a kitchen party but they have come here with a conviction and demonstration that they are Christians. Don't we sometimes say, you know, I think let's just be free here. You know, Don't we do these things? Well, here is the question. 
will you stand up in that context when everybody is doing what is wrong or perceived wrong? Will you stand up and be called a Christian? Or what about when there is a funeral in the family and your sister must be cleansed? And then they say to you, his young brother is available. You must ask the question, for what? He's always been around. How come he's available now? I thought he was always there. But don't we say, in Tambi, don't we say that? Well, if there is a word for that process of cleansing, it's called sexual adultery. If you are a Christian, stand up. Oh, we are so scared, aren't we? Here is what we say. My own does well under the church. What can I do? But I penetrate. No, Love it. Now, when they observed this team, when they observed this team, they had no choice. They had no option but to conclude this group is that group that was following Christ. Is that who we are? Is that what will be identified? And the theme is calling us to that. Pursuing Christ-likeness corporately. As a church. They were not one, two. They as a whole complete body were called Christians. Sometimes it is a little shameful that you may have two people from the same church who may stand up and say, I think the Bible says, and then 90% stand up and say, no, I don't agree. I think it's just his opinions. And they ask, which church are you from? And Dollar Baptist Church. So what do you learn there? It's not a concluded matter. Or it's not? Isn't it? If people are looking at us, they were to make a judgment by our dress code. Obviously, you're probably saying, but salvation is in the heart. I know that. But if we are to look at us, we're talking about people out there. Nobody out there is going to look in your heart, will they? No, no one can come, not even me, no elder can come and say, let's check the heart. Is it at the right angle? No, it's skewed. Nobody can do that. So they have a certain standard of judgment, just like they had here. They looked at their dress code. They looked at their relationships. They, looked, they listened to the songs they sang if they did. They observed the things they did, and the conclusion was, this group, Christians. Let's take for instance if they were involved in racing cars. When they rest, they were able to tell this is speed is a Christian speed. <laughs> they were called Christians. When they smiled, they were able to say this is a smile of anointing Christian. When they looked at the spectacles, they saw them and realized pastoral spectacles, Christian. <laughs> Can we, beloved? Maybe you're hiding in the numbers. 
Can you be called a Christian? You might assume an identity in the corporate body. Generally, this is what all they do. Oh, but notice that the majority or the plural begins with the singular one. Then you go to two. Are you a Christian? Oh, we must then address the issue of our time. If they were to do, to check your Facebook, if they were to look at the YouTube movies you watch, if they were to observe Instagram, whatever that is. I've never used Instagram. Somebody needs to teach me. But whatever that is, if they look at your Instagram activities, your tweets, like Mr. Trump, if they looked at your tweets, what would they say about you? What would they say? Christian or not Christian? They were called Christians by others. They did not call themselves Christians. Others called them by observation at least for a year. But this was probably more. The one year is the period the Apostle Paul and this counterpart were preaching. The church existed longer than that. They observed them for that period and they were called Christians. It's interesting in the New Testament that of the three occurrences in the name Christian and all three the first Peter one obviously is the record by the Apostle Peter, but it's in the context of non-believers persecuting you, judgment, he calls them Christians. In the other context, remember, it's Agrippa basically teasing and ridiculing the Apostle Paul. After his labor and given testimony, he says, you know these things. He says, do you think in a short time you'd persuade me to be a Christian? With a scornful face. I'll just say it from here, Machitidwe. Well, the people, even when they mean to insult you, to tease you, to mock you, would the mockery be based on who you are as a Christian? It would be based on something. Will people say to you, when you are in a room and two or three smoke, will they say, ah, will they say that? Or they'll just light up a cigarette and, and they look at you and they don't care because you probably are part and parcel of the whole process. Will people hide their beer when they see you because they know who has come or they will just then put it on the table if there was one then there will be three uh, welcome, just dealing with most here you are will they tease you based on your Christian faith will they say to you as they say to many a lady, old fashioned you wear two long dresses they are very long that's at least how it depicted, at least in Nigerian movies, you look at Christians and they look this village grandmother and they are putting that face as a Christian. Well, if that's a mockery, that's okay if that reflects who you are, a Christian. There's no reason to change your dress code simply because you must fit in. There's no reason to change your language simply because you must fit in. There's no reason to, as it were, give in to peer pressure so that you identify. Are you a Christian 
this phrase really was simply what was happening politically and in religious sectarian. So if you belong to Pompeii, you are a Pompeian. If you belong to Nimrod or whoever it is, you are called by that name. If it's Herod, you are a Herodian. And that's the same. You are Christonite. You are a party of Christ. The Apostle Peter uses this in the context of judgment. The term began to be used by Christians themselves as far as history is concerned. Way back in the mid or second century, notice particularly the cultural. Again, when we say they were called Christians, it's not, that, it's not just the Jews that were called Christians. Notice as you read that passage, there is a group that was simply preaching to the Jews. And then we read that no, not only this, there were others who went and preached to non-Jews. And this mixture of Jews and non-Jews, I think the NIV puts it this way. Some of them, however, that's verse 20, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also. There was no time the Greeks were spoken to exclusively. It is Jews, Greeks, and everybody. And these were spoken to in this church. There were Greeks. There were Jews. There were Latins. There were the civilized. And in that language, the uncivilized. But all of them, they had one identity. What is sad, and it is true uh, in Zambia, is that unfortunately it's clear that some churches are identified by the tribe you come from. I can give you names, but that's probably not helpful. You can almost guarantee that if it's this church, the leadership will be from this tribe. If it's this church, maybe we can talk about one church. Church Yamakol. We heard much were from here. You will know who been the leadership. It's Mr. Banda, Mr. Piri, uh, Angoni. That's what you have. And you ask, okay, doesn't this church have other tribes? All you need to ask is, what church is it? You go there and you'll be greeted. And you're thinking, oh, I'm not from Eastern province. And they're kind of thinking, oh, you come here and you don't know the tribe? Uh, this is, <laughs> you don't know the tribe? So what tribe are you? Then they, they greet you in English, so how are you? Hopefully, we are not that church. I, I think it's not a secret uh, that if you went to a, lamb, I mean, to a Baptist church on the copper belt, what would be the tr predominant tribe? Lambert. It's not a secret. If you are looking for leadership in this church, who will be in the leadership? I'm not one of them, but just sign. <laughs> just sign. Not this church. Not this church in Antioch. The Jews, the Greeks, the Latins, they had this terminology, Christians. And interestingly, the apostles do not give us the leadership. It will probably be a mixed leadership. Because they are all Christians. It's unfortunate 
that some of the names that history has brought us is the Lumberland Church. Uh, no, that's not a biblical way of thinking. It's always a Christ church. And those who belong there must be Christ-like. One person in discussing church life, I said to him, look, we are in Lusaka, we better start using English or at least the Nyanja of Lusaka. And his statement was, how will our children learn our language? I'm thinking, what bunch of nonsense? Who told you church teaches language? Who said the reason you go to church is to maintain your tribe in church? Churches are cross tribes. The only reason we use a common language is that the medium of communication. So if you come to church so that your child will learn Lamba, you better go to Chief Mushili. It's better to instruct your child in that language. This was a mixed group. Different cultural backgrounds. Now if you are Lamba, you're probably saying, I do. I do. Oh, but given to choose between being Lamba and Christian, guess what my choice would be? Christian. Who strike you of your Lambaness, okay? As long as I'm in heaven. No problem. We can go to Western Province. There is a village there. Are we, beloved, Christians? We are an English-speaking Baptist church. But we think we are the only Christians because we speak English. In case you think this is strange, these were the thoughts sometime back here in Zambia in Baptist history. Some Christians, particularly pastors, thought that, you see, some doctrinal issues, some biblical teachings are so lofty that no vernacular language can communicate them. When we're talking about reprobates, how can you communicate that in Lamba? Well, I said to them, if it's in the Bible, we will communicate it. How can you communicate redemption, justification, a progressive sanctification, and you're thinking you are not even progressively being sanctified yourself? Let's be careful. Let's be careful that we pursue Christ likeness. That we pursue Christ likeness as a church. They were called Christians literally. So they were called Christians corporately. They were called Christians by others. But they were called Christians literally those belonging to Christ's party. Opponents of the Jesus movement in Antioch derided the disciples with a new coinage based on Roman political parties. The partisans of Christ, basically of the Judean king. For those who study English or you are a linguistic, the term Christians or Christianoi is formed, it is argued by scholars, from three cultural backgrounds. That Christ, the Hebrew, it carries the Hebrew Messiah. Well, but Christ is Greek. But the ending we are told Christianoi is a Latin invention. 
So that in that name, if you go that far, that even in the name they are given, Christ or not, brings in Jewish, Greek, and Latino language. As of that time, all these cultures converge in this identity. It supersedes and surpasses all identifications. They are called Christians because they belong to Christ. Christians, followers of Christ, not followers of Barnabas, or of Paul, or of Peter, or the apostles primarily, no, followers of Christ. Followers of Christ. We live even in Baptist circles now. Maybe I know a little more about Baptist circles. We also have been overtaken by this celebrity celebration of ministers. You know, if we have a conference, we don't call this preacher. You know, something is wrong. We must call the preacher of the day. He's the one making rounds. No. The primary identity must be followers of Christ. Yes, we'll have gifted men and women, but we are not to be followers of these men. These men and women must lead us to Christ. In the language of the Apostle Paul, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Anything not Christ-like, forget. It doesn't matter who I am. One preacher went to the UK and met some of the well-known preachers he heard and was speaking in that conference and was going to stay with this preacher for a week and the other preacher for the next week. When this preacher was taking him to the other preacher's home, he stopped at the gate and said to this man, I don't greet this man. So see you, I will pick you from the same spot next time. And when this other man was bringing him to be picked by this man, he left him at the gate. Said, I don't even like to see him. What a terrible testimony. And he came back and said, I want to burn their books. And I said, no, the books have nothing wrong. It's them. Is that us? We say one thing, do the other. These were not followers of Barnabas because if they are, remember at one point there is a terrible difference with the Apostle Paul. They'll be disappointed. If they'll primarily be Peter's followers, they will be disappointed. If they'll be John's followers, they will be. If you're Pastor Lama's follower, you will be disappointed. If Pastor Lama does anything less than leading you to Christ, you have no reason to listen to him. No reason at all. Absolutely none. Because we must be followers of Christ. Are we at church? As we come to the Lord's table, that's an important question. We come to the Lord's table acknowledging that we, we follow him. We identify with him because he's the only one that died in 
any among us can claim that, we will have reason to follow you. But if you didn't pay for my sins, if you didn't die for me or for anyone, if you didn't come from heaven because God so loved the world, you are not a gift to us from God in that sense, that you not lifted up in the wilderness like Moses did lift the serpent. You didn't get crucified. You didn't purchase the body. You're not worth following. The context of salvation and absolute allegiance. But we come to the Lord's table. Because this is one symbolism that makes us be identified. We do this in remembrance of Christ. Not simply his name, what he did. What he promised. Do this in remembrance of me. But every time do this also in anticipation until I come. That was the promise. I will not, with you, I will not eat with you this until when I come. So we not only come to the Lord's table and remember us as identity, but in looking forward, when he does come, we will be with him for all eternity. I challenge us again, beloved. Let us pursue Christ as a corporate body, or Christ-likeness as a corporate body, or as a church. But the challenge this morning is this. That in as we do that, will it be evident to the world? Will it be evident to the world? And as Christians, we can't say, you know, what I do is my business. It's none of your business. Don't, don't pop your nose in how I live, in what I say, in where I go to eat, in what... No, the world, according to the text, can pass a judgment. Sometimes it may be wrong. Sometimes it's right. We need to be careful how we live. May I please beg you, wherever you will be, wherever you go, whether there is members from here or you are alone there, whether you are on the plane, on the bus, whether you're swimming or, or you're sleeping and, and the demons are looking, let them know that your dreams are true only of Christians. You always dreaming somebody's choking, killing you. What are you watching in the day? Feed your mind. Feed your mind with that which is of Christ. And pray that as you go to sleep, that God will enable you even in your sleep, that the mind will be reflecting and reminiscing on things that are of Christ. When you are whistling, let it reflect who you are. Let's pray, and after which we'll invite those on duty to come up and we celebrate the Lord's Day. Well, Father, we are grateful to you for your word. We again and again in the scriptures come across men and women that stood up and were accounted as we sing, they stood up, lifted high the banner of Christ. They did not let it suffer loss. Even when the world has forsaken God, the world takes a different path. 
the world walks a different road. May we, as members, associates, regular attendees of Undola Baptist Church, visitors, live lives that are Christ-like. We pray also for the church in this country. At whatever level of association, God grant that the men and women, the boys and girls, live Christ-like lives in politics or in business, the academic world, in the social world. Whatever realm of our existence and functioning enable us, grant us grace to live Christ-like lives. We ask, therefore, as this local church, not only this year, but many more years to come until you call us or when you come, enable us, our Father in heaven, through Jesus Christ, by the help of the Holy Spirit, to pursue Christ-likeness corporately. And therefore, if any among us is not living a life that reflects Christ-likeness, either as a body or as individuals, the Christian thing to do is to come and ask that you would forgive. If any are not living this life at all because they do not know Christ, oh, grant our Father that they will know him and begin that life. And as we come to the Lord's table, our Father, we pray that you cause our hearts and our minds to introspect, not only as individuals but as a body, on how we walk with you. May we come to the Lord's table with this determination, with this resolve, that we do so in pursuing Christ-likeness. The ministries of this local church, the members of this local church, the families of this local church, may we all pursue Christ-likeness. So bless our celebrating of the Lord's table. Grant us your blessing. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen.